What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains. I'm your boy, Jimmy J, joined by my guys, as always, Kyle Sirik, Stat Matt Robinson. Europe. That's that's what I'm going to do from now on, because I'm not going to ask you how you're doing. I'm just going to give you a Europe as a roll call. For Europe, what's going on? Um, but we got a good episode, our last episode, actually, before the NFL draft. And since it is, we had to double back to my man, Matt V, Matt Valdovinos, and bring him back on. Because you know when it comes NFL draft time, we know we got to tap in with one guy. So our guy Matt V is here. How you doing, man? I'm always doing good, y'all. Excited to be back and talk ball. Uh, always a good time. Love being with the homies. So I'm definitely excited. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We we got we got to tap in because it's a big draft for a lot of teams, man. Not 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 my team. Big draft for a lot of for y'all. <laughs> we cool. We, we cool with that. But that leads us into the fact straight at you. Only twice in NFL history have four or more quarterbacks been top 10 picks in the same draft. That was in 1959 and 2018. We have chance for that to happen this draft. Um, and that leads us right into our first discussion point with you, Matt B, because well, we'll flash your mock draft. We'll put it on our social media, your full mock draft. But we're talking about just the quarterbacks right now because it's a really talented quarterback draft class. And the order of quarterbacks you have going off the board right now, you have Trevor Lawrence at one, Zach Wilson number two, Trey Lance the third quarterback going off the board, and then Justin Fields four, and then Matt Jones fifth. And I'm, I'm one of the guys who still believes in Justin Fields. I'm one of the guys who's mm-hmm. surprised to mm-hmm. see him continue to slide down these draft boards. And then you have him after, you know, Trey Lance, after Zach Wilson. And I, I got to ask, first of all, why do you have these quarterbacks in that order? What are you seeing from Justin Fields? So, so as far as the mock draft, um, it's my last mock draft. It's my last written mock draft of the year. And with all my mock drafts, I always try to emulate what I anticipate to happen in the NFL draft. Take in all of the rumors, take in all of the information, talk to any sources, talk to anyone I can to try and figure out what teams are looking at. So there's there's a couple weird picks in, in this mock overall that I necessarily wouldn't make, right? Like I have the Broncos trading back into the middle of the first round and picking up Najee Harris. If I was the GM of Denver, that's not a decision that I would make. Right, right, right. It's just that from what I've been told, they really, really like Najee Harris in Denver. They just don't like the idea of Najee Harris at nine. So they're motivated to move back if they don't go get a quarterback. So with Justin Fields falling down to seven, that is not me critiquing Justin Fields at all. I have Justin Fields as my second highest rated quarterback. And the space between Justin Fields and my third highest rated quarterback is actually bigger than the space that I have between Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. So I have, yeah, I love Justin Fields. Okay. Yeah, you're going to, you're going to fit right in. Cause that's how we yeah, feel. There, about there, there's, there's, there's no, we don't get it. Yeah. I have, he's comfortably my QB too. Um, the the Dan Orlovsky stuff of oh he's not a uh, is he does he want to be great is he a hard worker all BS none of that is accurate yeah um, Justin Fields is the person you want on your football team now I can understand people who evaluate the play and say that oh I prefer Zach Wilson or I prefer Trey Lance for various you know reasons I think Fields probably does have the worst arm of the top four guys um, it just so happens that these top four guys are really really good right so it's it's just I don't think Justin Fields has a bad arm as far as NFL standards by any means, I think he would still have a top 15 arm first day in the league, but I think Trey Lance is a guy who has a top 1% arm, right? A Pat Mahomes, a Josh Allen level arm, and Aaron Rodgers type really? arm. I think Trevor Lawrence is close to that. He would be a top five to eight guy from day one. And then I think Zach Wilson and Justin Wills are pretty close where they have the arm to make the NFL throws, but they're they're not going to be completely changing games with the way they're able to locate footballs down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One uh, of my problems with Zach Wilson is that when you watch tape of him, the pockets he had were were so clean. Yeah, he had I don't like, like no Zach adversity Wilson, at uh, all. Comparatively, yeah. now 
So with Zach Wilson, it's, I agree, he, he had a really, really, so people try to knock Trey Lance for his level of competition. Zach Wilson was not playing future NFL superstars. Yeah, his hardest game was Coastal. And he wasn't great against Coastal, right? So yeah. I do think that there's, right, Justin Fields goes in and dominates Clemson and outperforms right. Trevor exactly. Lawrence, who's the undisputed number one pick, right? So it's, some of that is, now I can understand, you You see what Zach Wilson can do out of the pocket. He, he has shades of Mahomes, sure, but my issue is Zach Wilson's a lot smaller than Pat Mahomes is. His arm is not as good as Pat Mahomes is. And like you said, he's playing with such a big pocket, but he's not winning from within the pocket. Mm. For me, it's hard to evaluate a player who's going to sit in a clean pocket for four seconds and then run around, play backyard football for three seconds, and then throw a dime 60 yards down the field. Yes, it's cool. It looks great. But that dime is not getting completed at near the rate you're hitting in BYU as you are in, in the NFL, especially when you're playing the Jets, right? His first game might be against Bill Belichick in the Patriots defense. His first game might be against Brian Flores in the Dolphins defense, right? That's that's a, a lot harder than Coastal Carolina, I promise. <laughs> and so for the quarterbacks, my quarterback rankings are Lawrence, Fields, Space, Lance, Wilson, Space, Jones. And then the rest are a wash. Take them on day. Take two of them on day two if you really want. The rest, I'm not even drafting. I don't like Kyle Trask. I don't like guys like that. So, you for, are you, Trask, are you low on Mac Jones? So, for Mac, my thing is, I think Mac's going to be a good quarterback. Sure. Uh, maybe you get Derek Carr. Maybe you get Kirk Cousins, ideally, right? I think both those guys have a lot better arms than Mac does. But maybe you do get a guy who's, who's in that 15 to 10 range as, as far as like a top quarterback. He's a decent starter right you can play him you can have a good team around him and maybe you can win games and if you ask me whether or not i think it's plausible that kyle shanahan in san francisco could win a super bowl with mac jones i do think it's possible right they almost wow. did one they almost did one with jimmy g but i think it would be a lot easier if you have one of justin fields or trey lance you think i think mac, it would be a mac lot jones, easier you think mac jones and jimmy g are, are interchangeable like that comparable i think they're comparable um i think i think what you get from mac jones will be close to what Jimmy G is, just he doesn't have the same injury history that Jimmy G does. Yeah. So, and I, actually, so I actually have a question about these quarterbacks because <laughs> your mock, as you said, you're taking it what you think will happen. Exactly. So you have Justin Fields going the fourth one. And from my side, what, all I'm hearing is he's not the leader, right? What are the <laughs> reasons that everyone is so low on Justin? Like, what is ha so, what happened? So the big reason I think that people are low on Justin Fields is because Ohio State is not viewed as a pro style offense where you're really challenging the intellect of the quarterback, right? North Dakota state does run a heavy pro style offense. You're getting Trey Lance is getting the looks that he's going to see in the NFL. Same thing for, for Trevor Lawrence at times, but, but Clemson can really dial back the details sometimes. Um, and that's when Trevor Lawrence was really struggling was when they were running essentially like a high school offense, nothing complicated, nothing really, really fast paced. It's what they were doing early last season, uh, a ton of. So I just, I mean, I don't think, People want to call Justin Fields a one-read quarterback, but it's just, I don't i don't think that's accurate. I think he's a little bit of a perfectionist, so when he's going through progressions, maybe he will stick to that first read a little too often. Um, but I don't think it's because he can't progress from read to read. I think it's because he knows it's the correct read. It's just not developing in the time he wants it to. Um, his pocket presence isn't great because Ohio State's offensive line has always been really good. But on that same token, this dude's like six foot three, two 230 pounds. So if he's, if there's a, you know, unblocked blitzer, 99% of the time, that's going to be a cornerback, like a nickelback. I'll take my chances with your nickelback tackling Justin Fields, right? I'll take, I'll take yeah. that chance with that, that quarterback presence. And that's uh, a point with that I make about Justin Fields to where, I mean, past two years, he's led the big 10 in touchdowns and you go two years ago, if you count in the rushing touchdowns, he had 51 total touchdowns and three interceptions. 
So and so he is the dual threat, but the man could throw the ball too. I I don't get it. I, you're making good points about Trey Lance that I never really thought about. I'm not a huge Trey Lance believer, but I don't even take Wilson over Fields, man. I don't. Yeah, I don't like either. I think if you're talking about the players more likely to bust, I think Lance and Wilson are substantially yeah. higher than. But it is an NFL league that has commonly been predicated on the thought process of upside. Do you think right? so? It's one. Do you think Lance is getting a little overinflated because they're playing right now? Or do you um, think that hasn't been a factor? Not necessarily. Lance isn't playing right now. I was like, didn't, they, didn't they only play one game? I was going to say, yeah. I, and I don't think Lance is at NDSU anymore. Yeah. Oh, it's my bad. Yeah, no, no, you're fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, so guys like Dylan Raddins, too, their left tackle, he's not playing either. Um, any any guys, I don't think they were allowed to play if they declared for the 2021 NFL draft. Yeah, no, um, I'm not 100% sense. sure, but I just nah, don't think they are. No, nah, that sounds right. I, I don't uh, know why they would play. Right. But, yeah, I mean, with the guys, it's pretty much just – Trey Allen, Trey Lance is Trey Allen. Trey Lance is in the mold of the Pat Mahomes, the Josh Allen's, right? Where maybe you are banking on some upside, but that's a former MVP and was an MVP contender. And then Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen were both MVP contenders last year, right? So it's like you see the thought process. Why um, with Mac Jones? It's just if you look at the rate at which immobile quarterbacks have hit lately, especially in the first round, it's just not great, right? Yeah. So that's where that's where I'm starting to like worry because i think they can be good quarterbacks it's just that you're tom he's never going to be tom brady right that's the thing that people want to say they want to be like oh well mag jones tom brady was succeeding in the nfl okay that's great tom brady's the greatest quarterback of all time right. we're not going to compare a one-year college starter which people also don't want to talk about with mac jones people will be real quick to bring out that zach or trey lance only started one year at ndsu mac jones only started one year at alabama and so, but, but put up one of the most. Where's the Where's the difference? Offensive numbers in, in Trey Lance. Trey Lance. I mean, Trey Lance had maybe the greatest year in in, in FCS history. Dude had like three thousand pass yards, a thousand rush yards, and like thirty five total touchdowns on like seven turnovers or something. But then Mac Jones. Yeah, he was. He was the, but then Mac Jones had one of the best in FBS. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah, and that's fair. But what if I mean, what if Trey Lance was playing at that Alabama teams, right? So it's it's, and I think Mac Jones would be really good if he was playing at NDSU. So I just think that's where the separation is. I think you uh, made I think you made a good point about how the dual threat quarterbacks are kind of taking over. Yeah, and that's just yeah. the way the league is moving. It's just athleticism and space and play. That's just how it is. It's hard to be a great quarterback if you don't have that threat of a run anymore just because defenses are so used to that quarterback, to playing these guys who are going to make off-script plays, and that's how it is. Defense, I mean, defense continues to evolve, so the offense positions have to continue to get better. That's right. That's a good point. Yeah. All right, let's move on from the quarterback position to the wide receiver position now. Another another deep, you know, uh, deep position in this draft, but you got a, you got a hot take. You, you talk about um, you know, your mock draft is based on what the streets are saying, not really what you would do. Mm -hmm. and exactly, exactly. Yep. So that leads us to, you know, where you have Jamar Chase Slater. Right now you have a mock five to the Bengals. You said, though, what'd you say? Mm -hmm. You were making a pick. There's no question you'd be picking, you'd be picking Sewell. Like, I, I know. Not, not even. I, not even with a shred of a doubt on your No, not. I'm definitely not taking Jamar Chase over him. And here, here's the thing. Like, mm -hmm. you might be. Are you smart, man. You 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 you. I like to think so. Just like football, right? I, like I like to think so. You 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 are the only person I've seen so down on Jamar Chase. So why 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 so why are you so much of a critic of Jamar Chase, man? Everyone here's here's him. my Everyone thing. Loves the dude. My yeah. So me being a critic to Chase is completely relative to the way a lot of people, the way the consensus views him, right? 
I don't view Jamar Chase as a Julio Jones level prospect in any way, because if you look at across the board, what Jones is as a physical specimen is just better than what Jamar Chase does. Mm-hmm. Flat out. Okay. At six foot four, four three, right? Four, like he's just a better size athlete player. That's why I had DK Metcalf so high, right? When in the 2018 draft, I had him like a top 10 player. Um, because if I'm drafting a wide receiver top 10, I have to believe that I think that wide receiver can be the best receiver in football at some point in his career. I just don't see that happening with Jamar Chase because I don't think the tools are there. Um, he plays big, right? He's dominant in this contested situation. He's maybe the best I've ever seen, but he's only like six foot, six foot one, 215 pounds, I think. Um, I'm not 100% sure off the top of my head. Not an elite burner, right? A 4'4 guy. I think he ran like a 4'39 at his pro day. Let's cut a couple seconds off of that one because. I mean, we know the pro day stretching things a little bit. I think he's a 4-4-5, 4-5-0 guy, um, which is not bad. And I think he's going to be a good player. I have him as a top 20 player. I just don't think he's an elite elite prospect. Uh, I think that way of Penny Sewell, who's my number two player, right? So that's my issue. If I have Jamar Chase at 17 or wherever I have him on my board, taking that second player in Sewell at a position that I think is more important to the Bengals than wide receivers. Yeah, that's, that's where that thought process. That's my thing with the Bengals that you watch Joe Burrow go down with a horrific injury. First of all, terrible. Eisman Washington, face of your franchise, number one pick. And I get you want to match him, you know, with Jamar Chase. That's his guy, but you still have T. Higgins. You still yeah. have receivers that you can develop. Boyd's there. And why can't you? And we mentioned it's a it's a deeper wide receiver class. Why can't you grab a receiver in the second, third round and get what is clearly to me the number one O lineman in the draft? And that's Sewell. I mean, that's a thing. So I have a question though, Matt. We're talking about big board now. Mm-hmm. Is Jamar Chase your wide receiver one? He's not. He's wow. He's, so my wide receiver ring. So I am a big believer in the ability to separate. I'm a big believer in the ability to run clean routes and consistently get open. I think Jamar Chase wins with how he wins, but I think in the NFL, he's either going to be instantly shuffled into that Michael Thomas role where you're just kind of playing as a big slot and you're just consistently getting fed those contested catches. In Cincinnati, that does nothing for me because Tyler Boyd already does that, right? So Tyler Boyd, and Tyler Boyd does that really, really well and maybe the most underrated slot guy in the game. Um, T. Higgins is already your ex, and I don't think you should take T. Higgins off your ex as a 6'3", right, alpha guy who I like T. Higgins almost as much as I liked Jamar Chase last year. And so... To me, that's just a really repetitive skill set in Cincinnati. It just doesn't make sense to kind of fill Jamar Chase in and have one of him or T. Higgins play that Z. So I have Devontae Smith as my wide receiver one. Uh, I have Rashad Bateman as my wide receiver two. That one's kind of out there. If you talk to like analytics guys, apparently Bateman's like really, really well viewed on that side of the spectrum. I'm not over there a ton on that side of Twitter. They don't like me over there. Um, <laughs> but I have Rashad Bateman as wide receiver two. And then Jalen Waddle and Jamar Chase actually have essentially a tie grade for me because they do everything that they do so completely opposite. Um, but I just value what Jalen Waddle does a little more than Jamar Chase. So that's just an editor's note that I have to over Chase a wide receiver three and four, but they're very close grade wise and you could really put either one where. Personally, I see a lot of similarities between like I'm a I'm a big Jamar Chase believer. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't who I think Cooley is just way too Agreed. And but I think I see a lot of similarities with DeAndre Hopkins. He's not a big separation guy. He's a great contested catch guy. Um, mm-hmm. And DeAndre Hopkins was semi overlooked coming out from Clemson. He was a late first round pick. And I, I think I see a lot of similarities between him and Hopkins. What do you right. think about that? Okay, and, um, and that's a good point. So Matt, let me ask you this then. You just talked about for the quarterback position, the NFL is a, is a league that looks a lot about upside. So mm-hmm. you talk about Jamar Chase. What is what's his upside then? And is his upside enough to be, you know, wide receiver one 
maybe one of the best in the league. I think Jamar Chase, I think a better like example, a better comparison in my eyes is like a Michael Thomas, a guy who's not going to create. So I think DeAndre Hopkins, what he never got recognition for, and Keenan Allen's there too, is how dominant they were at running routes, how crisp they were, how good they were at changing direction. Jamar Chase does not have great ankle flexibility. He's not real bursty out of their, their stems and the route breaks. Um, so that's where you create a little bit of separation. I think with Michael Thomas, it's a little more, you're going to run clean routes, but you're not asking a ton of the route tree. Um, just get over the middle down the field 10 to 15 yards somewhere in that area regardless on if someone's near you as long as you're not throwing it to the defender there's a good chance your guy comes up with it right i think that's what jamar chase does really well i don't love that fit in cincinnati though like i said because of tyler boyd i think he would have to be a more prototypical x which then relegates T. higgins down so that's where i get the issue with jamar chase ideally right in a perfect world like let's say green bay moved up for him because he slid then i think we're talking about a guy who's got really really great upside because aaron Rodgers doesn't have to focus him so commonly in the slot, I think Aaron Rodgers can put him down the field. And now Jamar Chase is really making money where he wins predominantly. I don't know if Cincinnati's built for Chase to be down the field so often, because like they said, they're ignoring the offensive line with that pick, theoretically. Right. Yeah, that's fair. So you think his upside then looks like a Michael Thomas? I think that's best case that scenario, right? so, that's, that's good, what I'm saying. That's what upside is, though. No, that's what think, upside yeah. is, though. That's best case talking, scenario. I think if we're talking about like a guy like Jalen Waddle. Uh, I think we're talking about a guy like Tyreek, who I would rather have on my team than Michael Thomas, personally. Uh, if we're talking like a Rashad Bateman, I think he's more of a Devontae Adams. You can toss that one up when Devontae went crazy this year, obviously. But if you take out their average career versus or Devontae Adams average versus Michael Thomas's average, you can really toss up whichever you prefer. Um, and then Devontae Smith is a harder projection because I don't think he has the same upside some of these other guys have. But I do see how he's going to win in the NFL from day one and i think he's going to be the most productive rookie because i think regardless of where he goes his skill set translates i think Devonte smith looks more like that hopkins comparison i do too i would agree yeah um i think Devonte smith is similar to what i saw from cd lamb last year um and i loved cd he's my highest rated receiver ever and deandre hopkins was the comparison i made to cd because i thought that one was so evident and cd brings a little more yak ability than Devonte uh Devonte smith had um, with a little bit less athletic ability. So that one is close, but there were, there were a little bit um, of differences there. We'll see. I feel like that's your boldest take. Maybe it could Harris. be. There's, there's a couple. I don't like Gregory Russo. That one, if he's great, that one's going to play. And, and here's the thing. But, your bold take may not be Cincinnati taking an old lineman because, you know, it's, it's a bigger issue than wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I think where people go have – like are really going to disagree is you not having Jamar Chase wide receiver one. That yeah, and I've, yeah, I've had yeah. I've gone to war over that a couple times. Like he's trust me. He's the the people have let me know. The people have let so me he's know. He's the one not with that. He's the one you're watching next year rooting against. Right. Also, like yeah, and here's my thing is like I'm pretty sure if he's picked in Cincinnati, I'm going to win the debate anyways because I don't see Jamar Chase outproducing in Cincinnati outproducing any of these other guys who might go to a better fit. Right? Like if you let Devontae Smith fall to Philadelphia, I'd rather have that number than Chase in Cincinnati because I think Smith is just going to automatically get more targets, get higher quality targets. Um, I definitely agree about Cincinnati. I, they definitely yeah, agree. O-line. Exactly. Like, what are you, if Joe Burrow is constantly under pressure and you've got Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins doing their thing, plus Joe Mixon's going to eat, it's just a lot of mouths to feed when I think that the value you're getting from Penace will just make more sense to me. I think after we saw last year's draft too and saw like Tristan Wirfs work out and a couple Gosh, of these other O-linemen work out, yeah. take the best O-linemen in the draft. I mean, yeah. There's a reason why people, 
as a kid, you're like, why are they taking an offensive lineman yeah, number so, one overall? Like, but then you grow up and you're like, it's exactly. one of the most important when, positions. When, when, when Zach, Zach Martin got, got, got taken, everyone's like, what offensive yeah, lineman? Exactly, exactly. Like, what are we, what are we um, doing? And look, look at it. back when Jimmy Kimmel did his like celebrities and read me tweets things. Um, I can't remember if it was the NFL edition or the Dallas Cowboys edition, but Zach Martin was reading, um, and the tweet was like, yeah, it's cool that the Cowboys drafted Zach Martin. It's like going to the state fair when you really wanted to go to Disneyland. Mm. And I was like, yeah, but you had a good ass time at the state fair, I bet. <laughs> like, I mean, right. you'd be pissed if you weren't going to the state fair no more. If we couldn't go to the Dogwood Fair, I know we don't. Disneyland's got this long line state fair. You're at the front every time. Exactly, exactly. I grew up in Texas. Like, love it, love it. All right, man. Well, let's talk about your squad then. You talk about everybody else's team, uh-huh. what everyone else should do. What about you? Washington football team had a hell of a draft pick last year. We're not going to worry about that one. A couple, a couple of great draft picks last of, year. A couple of great draft picks this year, but or last year. But this year, you guys have you have the Washington football team trading up to the Lions for the number seven overall pick, especially taking your guy. Justin Fields, who you're so high on. Go figure. How does it come full circle for you? Huh? you, you 360 up front, it all comes full circle. <laughs> you, you, you <laughs> so, like, my, my biggest question is, is this your, as a fan, is this your ideal scenario? Or you know, is this just something that you actually see happen? I mean, ideally, he would fall to 19 and they wouldn't have to turn. Oh, wow. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hey, Charlie Castle in his mock draft. Yeah, well. Charlie Castle had... Justin Fields going 24. So, and Charlie, yeah, I love Charlie. I love everything he did for the Washington team and organization. Won them a Super Bowl, but it is time. Mm. He's had some questionable, pips, like questionable, questionable things happening lately. Yeah. Um, in some of these mocks, but so, like I said, as far as mine, realism, right? I'm not going to let Justin Fields just fall. Um, I think if he gets to that seven and eight point, so the first pick is three, right? That's the big one that's going to determine everything. Yeah, Who does yeah. San Francisco take at three? Yeah. They take Mac Jones. Best case scenario for Washington. Worst case scenario for everyone who likes football, except for Seahawks and Rams. <laughs> um, and I guess Cardinals fans. Um, my guess, I had them taking Trey Lance in the mock just because I think Kyle Shanahan's a genius. I think very highly of him. I think he's very smart. He grew up in the industry with his dad being a Super Bowl winning head coach. He understands the value of information. So we see all of this smoke with, oh, they're going to take Mac Jones. Chris Sims thinks they're taking Mac Jones and him and Kyle Shanahan have tattoos together. Um, and, and then all these like random things about, oh, why Mac Jones is good and why Justin Fields is bad. But then you go like, oh, Justin Fields is snapping with his right foot back instead of his left foot back previously. Kyle Shanahan made right Matt Ryan do this when he was running the offense. So maybe it's Justin Fields. I think it tells a lot that there's so much smoke around both those guys. And Trey Lance isn't really being talked about despite San Francisco being at every Trey Lance significant date dating through the past year. Doing their homework. Do, do their, and we're, yeah. yeah. Kyle Shanahan's always been given quarterbacks like Kirk Cousins, quarterbacks like uh, Matt Ryan, quarterbacks like Jimmy Garoppolo, where they're not making a ton of plays. Now, Matt Ryan obviously won an MVP, so I'm sure he's not too upset about that. But with the other two guys, they're not making plays on themselves. They're not I was about physically to, I was about dominant to get, guys. Yeah, I was about to get, I'm a big Matt Ryan defender. I love Matt Ryan. Listen, yeah. <laughs> I was about Washington football team quarterback if they don't yeah, take Or Aaron Rodgers. now. Um, But so with with Trey Lance, I think he's just that guy that Kyle Shanahan has always dreamt about. He's this ball of clay that you can turn into your quarterback with these elite Pat Mahomes level tools, right? That's what you're getting with that's what you're getting with Trey Lance. That's what he's going to do. He's got a dominant arm. He's a dominant rusher. He's big. He's intelligent. Um, You 
that's the guy where it's like, if I could turn that dude into my quarterback, I'm winning whatever Super Bowls. Especially if you look at like Mahomes, he was drafted by the perfect team in Kansas exactly. City. Exactly. You talk getting about to mold him how he wanted right. to. And you talk about like what team, because if I'm honest, if I'm a rookie quarterback, they're like, all right, you can go to one of Jacksonville to the Jets or to Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. Right. I know exactly where I want to go. I know exactly where I want to go. Facts. Uh, so, so if he does, thing. so if Fields does fall though to that seven spot, seven or eight—that's my guess. Seven or eight. You yeah. think Washington trades up, and that's your so ideal wait, scenario? So I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now. It's one of Washington or Denver. Denver has talks about moving up as well. New England has talked about it and has interest, but I just don't think that they're going to match what Washington or Denver would potentially put up. Right. So it then becomes: Does Washington offer enough to one of Detroit or Carolina? to entice them to fall back to 19 and not just fall to nine. Mm-hmm. That's that's the big one. If one of those quarterbacks is there, they're going to try and move ahead of Denver, right? Because Denver's taking a quarterback and one of Fields or Lance falls to them. Yeah. I don't think anyone's moving up for Jones. Maybe New England does for like three picks, but I'm not I'm not sure. Um, so my guess is Trey Lance will go three. Um, if Trey Lance doesn't go three and Fields goes three, Atlanta will take Trey Lance. I'm pretty sure about that. So you think you get first four quarterbacks? Uh, so that's possible. That's wow. a big possibility. We talked about that early. Only four quarterbacks have gone in the top 10 twice, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's, there's. I would say it's 50-50 on whether or not. Top five. We're talking about the first four. Yeah. We're talking about four straight. Never yeah, it's happened. a unicorn draft. Yeah, it's a it's unicorn never draft. It'll never, I, don't, I don't think it'll ever happen again, to be honest. Because ne- um, And next year's quarterback class is way worse than this year. Not great, yeah. So you've got like Spencer Rattler as the expected number one overall pick. That dude has some... He's got some stuff to prove. Yeah, exactly. Not just, to prove. Yeah, and not just that, he has some stuff off the field too. Because in high school, he was a, like he was a, a, like a yeah, he was an asshole. He was a prick to everybody. So I was just like, I don't want to slander this. Nah, dude, go ahead, man. There's, there's like, yeah, there's like videos of him at QB one camp, um, and they're having like seven on sevens or something. And his receivers, like something happens, he throws a contested ball, receiver doesn't come down with it. And he's like, our receivers suck. We can't win anything. And then he talks to his backup quarterback. He's like, oh, you're dog shit. You can win anything. This is why coach likes me more. And I was just like, bro, like, I'm not trying to draft someone like that. Sam Howell has issues, right? Um, JT Daniels has problems. Keaton Slovis has issues. So that's why I do think that this quarterback class is the best we've seen in, in a while since 2018 is the only comparable one. Um, 18, yeah. yeah. It's and the then the, the um, and maybe 2012. The Philip Rivers, Eli, that whole oh yeah, 2004 yeah. or whatever Four, that was. Yeah. So ago. if you guys don't trade up, mm-hmm. what is your ideal scenario then for Washington? Just t- making their pick. What do you guys need to fill? My so my guess is they're going to take one of if they don't trade up for a quarterback at 19, they'll take one of Christian Darasaw, the Virginia Tech offense tackle, uh, or Jeremiah Uzukoromoa, the Notre Dame linebacker slash safety, depending on how you want to identify them. Um. If one of those two people are there at 19 and they don't trade up, I'm 99.9% positive they're going to pick one of them, whoever's there. Oh, lineman or linebacker? Yeah. Yeah, one of those two players specifically. They're constantly connected. It just makes a lot of sense. Um, Ron Rivera loves dudes like JOK. He's a linebacker who covers. Drafted Shaq Thompson in the first, right? Luke Keekley guy. So he he definitely is, is a fan. Um, and then Christian Darasaw makes a ton of sense as well. Those are That's my two guesses. One of those two people will probably be in Washington right, or Lancer. Right, right. So I'm wondering about this, this Justin Fields pick. Is this something mm-hmm. Streets is telling you, or is this something Justin Washington Streets is telling you? Because um, um, sounds like I don't know, bro, because the Streets be telling me everyone's going three. To my knowledge, three is for the Streets because everyone everyone has been connected there, right? Yeah, right. San Francisco. San Francisco is, wants every quarterback that I apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Shit, I might have to bring my arm back out. <laughs> they want everyone. The NFL always needs quarterbacks. The NFL always needs quarterbacks. Um, Washington will like Justin Fields and Trey Lance. That's just, it fits, right? What they've always wanted, what they've always done, especially with like Ron Rivera. You think, all right, Cam Newton. Well, yeah, that, that seems about right. Um, they never really drafted. They drafted, um, shoot, dude out of West Virginia. I don't remember his name. It was terrible. Oh, oh, Will Greer. Oh, oh, Will Greer. Um, but that was like a third round pick to be a backup or if Cam got hurt again, right? So it's not... It's not super comparable. When they had the opportunity to get their quarterback, they went out, got Cam, um, and he did wonders for them, right? They won an MVP. You talk about Ron Rivera also is such a player's coach, is such a, has to be the right person, has to be the leader, has to be willing to put his life, you know, his his body on the line to win games and stuff. Uh, you saw Justin Fields play Clemson, bust his back, bust his ribs and his hip, mm-hmm. uh, come out, still win that game, and then come out in the national championship game the week after and, and try and play and try and beat his team. Yeah. Like I said, I don't buy any of the, does he want to be great? Is he a leader? I don't buy any of it. Uh, if you ask, if you ask anybody near you, yeah, if you ask anybody who's ever been near Justin Fields, it's nothing but his you can't, praising his character. You don't praising need his, the Ohio State to a, to a exactly. national championship game without being no. a leader. You, don't, you just don't they, do that. Dude, they try to do that to a lot. Didn't they just try to do that to Trevor Lawrence and he had to come out with a statement that so he loves is, the game? I don't play with a chip on my show. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about well, that. Could you imagine had Justin Fields said that shit? Yeah, wait, here's, you here's, imagine? The here's the thing. If, when I heard Trevor Lawrence say that, like I don't play with a chip on my shoulder, I was like, yeah, he don't need to. This is, yeah, exactly. He's, he does, he's, the, he's the greatest. He's widely regarded as the greatest high school recruit ever. Ever. And maybe the best quarterback recruit, or quarterback prospect. You know what I mean? And for, since freshman year, since his first game at Clemson, yeah, freshman year exactly. was like, that dude is the number one pick yeah. whenever he comes. Yeah, literally, literally. Like, People are all like, oh, yeah, he's either Andrew Luck or Peyton Manning. You know what I mean? How big is that chip going to be? I mean, Congratulations. No, I, I, you just got the problem when he said that. That doesn't mean he doesn't. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I didn't care. But, but, but some people did. Uh, but here's my thing. The reaction he got was nothing to one of, like, Lancer Fields had said it. No, because no, no. because no, because no, the no, complexion no. of their skin allows them so much more. Right, Justin Fields has done nothing to ever have anyone question his football character, and we got questions about whether or not. He yeah, one of the one of the great character moments from Fields, I don't think I've talked about enough, is when they lost to Clemson in the Fiesta Bowl. They lost because Olave ran the wrong route, yeah. mm-hmm. and Fields didn't. He, it could have been the game-winning touchdown, and Fields was just. He he didn't even have like an inkling of like blaming the play on the wide receiver. It was just mm-hmm. miscommunications happened. It was unfortunate time. No. Compare that to what you said yeah. about like Spencer Rattler. Yeah. Kind of exactly, funny. exactly. There's so so that's I mean, it's it's upsetting that that's the state the league is in, but it's I mean, it's if it's run by old white men, it's gonna be it's gonna have the views of old white right, men. Right, right. I mean and to, so, to the point where Trevor Lawrence even had to issue that. Exactly, exactly. We're the point where like this dude who we talk about is the greatest quarterback ever. You guys are the reason he doesn't have a chip on his shoulder. You're now mad that he does not have a chip on his shoulder. You know what I mean? As, as long as you know he what shows up between mm-hmm. the white chalk, so exactly. up between the white exactly. chalk, I, mean, I, I don't really care. You don't have to be. And I'm sure, to be honest, I'm sure Zach Wilson doesn't have a chip either. He's just the fact that he never said it. Right, right. Right, Zach, Wilson, Zach Wilson's been a high-profile recruit in Utah, right? Goes to BYU, took two BYU cheerleaders to senior prom. He's been playing for, like, as a starter for two? three years. Two, two, two BYU. Cause the, and when they two. asked him, bro, okay, listen, I hate, I don't like Zach Wilson. He's number one overall pick right now. He, he is. Zach Wilson's number overall Yeah, game, game recognized game and Zach Wilson's a certified savage. Because <laughs> when they asked him, he was like, oh yeah, I brought two, two. BYU cheerleaders. Man, they were like, they why two? The, bro, the cold, coldest thing, coldest thing I've ever seen a young man say. Two dates to prom. They were like, they were like, why do you bring two cheerleaders to prom? It's a college. What? He looks, he looks in, he looks them dead in the eye and he goes, 
the third one didn't make it. And I was like, oh, oh. I was like, damn, I was like, damn, Zach. Listen, Justin Fields is a savage too because when he transferred to Ohio State and T. Martell tweeted that shit about him and was like, oh, you know, don't come to lose the competition twice. He like subtweeted him. You go to Justin Fields' Instagram follows, did not follow Tate Martell, but did follow just, Tate Martell's sister and his girl. So he just so, beats him for the job. Yeah, we got, yeah, so we got, oh yeah, Tate Martell. I think he's like a wide receiver at Miami. At Miami, yeah, he's yeah, terrible. So. You're talking savages. We got, you got any other savage moments? Because this is, right now, Zach oh, oh, number one pick. Justin, not in this. Justin Fields right? is number two pick. Yeah, tell me something else. Trevor Lawrence is falling. He, he, he. <laughs> well, he doesn't have a chance, bro. I don't know. That's he just got married. Pen, or Trevor Lawrence just got married, Perfect. and Jaguars fan base on Twitter raised like five thousand dollars. This is just an Easter story. The Jaguars fan base on Twitter raised like a couple thousand dollars to buy him and his girl presents off their registration. Their wedding registration is like a welcome gift to Jacksonville, and then donated the rest of the money to charity. So, so Trevor Lawrence got yeah. supporters in Jacksonville already. They, they're that's excited that's for him. Grace, man, that's their saving yeah. grace. That's say Tre- Trevor Lawrence did the smart thing. He married a girl that has been with him. Before everyone knew he was a giant. Listen, money. Pat Mahomes did the same thing. Pat Mahomes' girl annoys me, but, but they've been <laughs> they've been together for a minute. Locked, locked, locked uh, that's funny. Up. All right, yo, fantasy time, fantasy time, Matt B. Last Let's year we had a rookie and Justin Jefferson coming like the world on fire in terms of fantasy and in terms of just his production mm-hmm. on the field. Is there anyone you see at that that caliber? It's not you know not even if it's just. Justin Jefferson, as he ended up as, as wide receiver six in fantasy, but mm-hmm. is there is there a guy you see who has that potential that could have this breakout fantasy season, even if it's not at the wide receiver position? Anyone in this draft? Mm-hmm. Um, the only one I think that's going to have like now, whichever quarterback San Francisco takes, uh, as long as they take like if they take Fields and he plays, I think he's got a chance to be like a top five quarterback this year in terms of just fantasy scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll give you Najee Najee Harris from Alabama because I think. Some team, whether it's ideally it's a team like Miami or Indiana or not Indiana, I'm sorry, Pittsburgh. So at 18 or at 24, one of those team two teams get him because they have a big old void at RB1. Get Najee 300 carries this year, 100 targets, and we're talking 16, 1700 yards from scrimmage. 18 total touchdowns. I mean, dude's my RB1. He's perfectly in Pittsburgh with that, with that hard. He does, he does. Well, so this is the other thing. I like it. Um, if he goes early. So apparently Pittsburgh's just like invested in drafting a running back at 24, I guess. They, they should. Mm-hmm. So they should. I still think they should get like a left tackle or we'll see. But I'm not a huge fan of the value a running back gives you in the first round. But at 24, it's whatever. If you can get Najee at 24, I'm all for that. Now, like what Kansas City did last year, I'm okay with you taking a running back 32nd overall. Just make sure it's the right running back, right? I wouldn't have taken Clyde Edwards-Alaire over DeAndre Swift personally. Um, I wouldn't, there were a couple, I wouldn't have taken him over Cam Akers, right? So it was just, but it is what it is. If they can get Najee Harris here, I'm all for that value. I think they might take Javante Williams at 24, the UNC guy, should he not be there. Um, and I, I think, think he, he would, be, I, I think he would be, he's my RB too. I like it more than ETN. So uh, yeah. he would, that's also like a hot take to some. Um, but with Javante, I just think that he's, he would fit really, really well in Pittsburgh, what they want to do too. And he could be real productive as well. Cause he's, he's an underrated pass catcher in the, in the class right. as well. Mine is, uh, Mine is Devontae Smith. And I actually um, like Travis Etienne for the answer to this question a lot because I think he'd go to the Steelers or the Bills. And Maybe, if he yeah. could do something in Buffalo that Jonathan Taylor did last year in Indy, he goes into a locker room full of running backs but becomes RB1, then I could see him having a lot of fantasy value. But Devontae Smith, especially if he goes to like Miami, 
a team looking for a wide receiver one. They had Preston Williams for a couple weeks, look good. And then by the end of the year, Gasecki was their best receiver. I could see him having a lot of value pairing back up with Tua, his college quarterback. I think Devontae Smith could break out a lot in fantasy next year. Yeah. And he's a high PPR guy. He gets open. Yeah. And he catches everything. He has the best hands I've ever watched. Yeah, for me. it's not like Jamar Chase goes to Miami. He's my fantasy breakout. Right, right. That's yours, man. That's, that's, that's my other Miami? issue with Chase. So, yeah, that's my other issue with Chase is his skill set is so redundant to the teams that are so commonly connected to it, right? He That Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins thing in Cincinnati, pretty similar skill set. They're both physical receivers who aren't going to separate a ton, but are going to catch the, the pass that they're thrown to them. Same thing in, in Miami that has Devontae Parker and Preston Williams. You throw Jamar Chase in there, it's the same issue, right? The guys just aren't separating consistently for Tua, who's a timing guy. So I do think that, that's that's my my biggest issues with Jamar Chase. It's not that I don't like the prospect, right? Like he's a first round guy. He's it's the teams player. that are taking it. That it's are just at it's him. just that yeah. the value some put on him and where I think he's going to get drafted and where the NFL is putting value on him, I just can't get on board with that. Oh, okay. But that's your stat, Matt. That's your fantasy guy, though. Yes, if he goes yeah, to Miami, yeah. I'm yeah. definitely take Matt. Like come on, man, while we're gassing up. No, no, Preston Smith is like a fit, like like. That's Preston Williams. Preston Williams. Yeah, my yeah. bad. Um, so many names. Uh, the you, I get Devontae Parker is like a really good player, but it's it's when you're. I know Miami's good, but drafting talent is just like you can't like try to Swiss Army knife every pick. And I, I just think Chase is going to be an absolute stud from the beginning, and I think Miami's a good place for him to thrive because. They're a well-oiled. They're they're a team that's good. Instead of like going to like if he goes to Cincinnati, I it's, I think it's going to be rough. Yeah, I, don't, I actually think the the Dolphins fit would be all right for him. It's an easy locker room. You're going to get playing time right away. You got a good team. I like uh, Flores as a coach. I, I could see that. Is it dependent on the quarterback that's throwing to him though? I still like, I like Tua. Tua. Hey, are we, are we I still, still like still Tua believers. I am. Because taking Jamar Chase means they they haven't upgraded the quarterback position. Koto Cole haven't upgraded the quarterback position. So I don't think you take someone top ten after taking Tua last year. I, I mean, I, I don't think. Listen, my that's ironic because Miami fans were so like when Washington passed on Tua for Chase Young um, because they had drafted Dwayne Haskins the year before. Miami fans were like, "Oh, Washington's so stupid! Like, why would they ever consider? Why wouldn't they have considered Tua there? Blah 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 blah." And now people are all like, well, "What did Miami want to quarterback?" Like, oh, Tua. Chase Young is a monster. Like he's up, Chase Young is a monster. And, and, whether and or not you think Tua's good, like it does. Chase Young was obviously yeah, the right pick. And like you good. said, just draft talent. That's what Washington did, right? They just took the best. Speaking of just draft talent, Kyle, that's my that's my answer is, is Kyle Pitts because I'm Kyle, Pitts, Kyle yes, Pitts fits this modern era of tight end where you could split out wide and just be a matchup absolute nightmare to me DK Metcalf is also in that category but he's uh, uh, just faster than a lot of these guys but Aaron Waller uh, Travis Kelsey a, um, a Zach Ertz when he had the, those great two seasons where it's a you know a uh, a receiver who's too big for yeah, too big for a D back, but too fast for a linebacker. What do you do with him? And I think Kyle Pitts is going to be right there. I think that's really team dependent, though. I think that's got to be. Mm-hmm. He's got to go to a place where he is. If he goes to Atlanta, off. he'll go off. I think so. I think Atlanta is the best case. And so I love Kyle Pitts. Right, Kyle Pitts is my fourth rated player. Um, shout out Philadelphia repping. Yes, uh, went out here to Archbishop Wood. Right, I think um, he's. So my thing with Kyle Pitts is tight ends are historically not very productive players in their first year 
uh, coming into the NFL. It's just a trend that, right, TJ Hawkins had had almost uh, maybe a thousand yards this year, but just was not super productive last year, despite being the eighth overall pick, right? They just don't instantly come in. Kyle Pitts different. isn't necessarily a tight end, right? That's that's like we're talking about something completely different. I do think Atlanta is the best case scenario for him and why I love that fit so much because you can play him as that tight end. He doesn't have to play a ton of 21 personnel. He doesn't have to be on there with Hayden Hurst because I know they like what they have in Hayden Hurst. He can line up as a receiver as well. But once Julio leaves, right, Julio is not going to be in Atlanta for a ton longer. I do think Kyle Pitts gives you that ability to just not worry about drafting a receiver to replace him because you already have Calvin Ridley. Obviously, you want to draft him, like, you know, a guy on day two or day three just to have a new talented body. But Kyle Pitts gives you the luxury of being able to move on from Julio because he's so positioned versatile. He's able to play everywhere. You can flex him wherever that he's just now your number one target. He's not necessarily your number one receiver. Exactly. He's not your number one. Exactly. And it doesn't matter. You're a weapon regardless of what you're like. And, and I think that's exactly what Travis Kelsey does in Kansas City where, like, his position yeah. is tight end, but he's the exactly. second target on offense. Yeah. But in terms of fantasy, I think – Kyle Pitts has the opportunity to be the number three fantasy tight end because and yeah, and there's so many lists, there's so many. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a good one. I just looked at the top ten too because you guys are talking about Fitz, and he's going to be a top ten pick. Kyle Pitts is not slide further in top oh, no, ten. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't know if Kyle Pitts the, will make past six. Yeah, the only fit in the top ten I don't like is Detroit. And they have Hawkinson already. They have other yeah. team needs. I, I think you agree. actually do probably have to take him at seven if he is available at seven. Yeah, but and you just play him as your. I like every fit for Kyle Picks. That's a good. But answer. that's the thing is like players are best player available versus your team needs. If the team need, and the thing is, if a team needs a weapon, you should just draft Kyle Pitts, right? And you I know, think that's how teams are going to look. You at know, it. too, James. Why that's the best answer? Why? Because the tight end position in fantasy is so bad. So, you have Kelsey. Yeah, so top, you like, have the three guys. Like, if you don't have the top guys yeah. and you're facing the top guy, your tight end's Hayden Hurst and you're facing Travis Kelsey. And I think Pitts can, can get up there. I had a rotation last year of Jimmy Graham. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's where it started. That's where it, yeah. that's where it started. I was Mine started with Hayden Hurst. Struggling from the, from the TE position, man. That, that hurt me. But all right, real quick. We're going to go through this real quick. Everyone on the board. One bold take. A lot of bold takes been flying from Matty V. So we all get one bold prediction for the draft. Matt, I want you to go to last. This is what I want you to do during all of our bold predictions. Tell me the likely mm-hmm. possibility of this happening. Because you, okay, the possibility, like the percentage, the like percentage, zero to one hundred percent. What do you think, based on your ear to the streets, your knowledge? What do you think? Gotcha. When, gotcha. I, when we tell you these bold picks, you gotta be like, man, you gotta let that go. That's never gonna happen. Or oh, gotcha. Like today, word, all right. Word. Okay. Uh, Kyle, you go first. You, you go to the shark first. Yeah, I'm going with, uh, I think J.C. Horn's going to be the first corner off the board, not Patrick Sertan. Um, I'm seeing, I mean, a guy that was clearly cornerback one, two months ago in Patrick Sertan just being swept up. Some people talked about Newsom for a little bit. And now J.C. Horn in some mock drafts is actually getting mocked ahead of Sertan. I think they're going to be closely picked. But I think depending on the team, unless it's like the Cowboys because they'll take the Alabama kid, I think a lot of teams are going to be looking at J.C. Horn over Patrick Sertan. I'm I'm with it. I think Dallas is the the big one, like you mentioned. I think that's probably where you expect the first defensive player to go. Parsons could go seven to Detroit, and maybe Carolina targets a corner. I think that's a possibility too. Um, I don't think Denver will after getting Kyle Fuller. Um, but with I do think it's the Cowboys are probably going to take Sertain at ten. I'll say sixty percent or forty percent chance it'll happen. Um, because I do think Sertain is viewed as that CB one by Dallas. But I do agree that a decent amount of the teams in the NFL view, J.C. Horn is their CB1. Yeah. And when I was talking to a guy um, pretty decently connected to the league, they said that it's viewed as Patrick Sertain CB1A, J.C. Horn CB1B. So it's really just dependent on who's going to pull the trigger on cornerback first. 
Maybe it wasn't that bold of a take. I just know that people hey, love Sertain, and yeah. I just yeah, started hearing. Yeah, yeah, I've never been. Yeah, I'm not a huge, huge Sertain guy because I don't know where his actual ceiling is. Um, I just started but, hearing about JC Horn though, like three weeks ago. So did I. And I, 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 he's shooting up boards. Like I, I know that's that's a, yeah. a bold prediction because everyone wants Patrick Sertain or everyone thinks he's going to go number one. But if he didn't, JC Horn would absolutely go number one. But you're right, Kyle. I'm, I yeah. want to just start to hear about him. Stat Matt, what's your bold take for Matty V? So it's a lot of wish fulfillment, but I, I, there is there is some merit to it. The Eagles trade up to seven or eight and take Justin Fields. See, don't you want how to just so, be cool? So, so, no, no, so Nick Sirianni just said today mm-hmm. that there's no QB1 in the locker room right now. It's yeah. competition. There's been a lot of rumors about the Eagles wanting to trade up back into the top 10, and they absolutely have the draft capital to do it after trading down from six. So if he falls down, if they like Justin Fields and Sirianni wants to pick his quarterback, it's it, it, I'd be very happy because I'm not a Hurts believer. I don't but, think uh, I don't think it's Fields, man. I think it's Wilson. I think it's, if, yes, if Wilson so. start to slide, y'all gonna to trade back in the top ten to get Zach Wilson. That's who you targeted at first. Going, I think yeah. I think That's Wilson's going too, no doubt. So I think yeah. So I'm I'm. I am currently operating under the full 100% belief you cannot change my mind that it's going to go Lawrence Wilson 1 and 2. Yeah, I think it will um, too. But I do think had Wilson fall that Philadelphia would probably move up. That seems like a Howard Roseman thing to do. <laughs> um, I'm going to say 1% chance on them moving up for field specifically. Okay. Um, just because I just don't I don't necessarily believe that Howie Roseman's intelligent enough to view Justin Fields Very as so fair. much of an upgrade Very over Jalen Hurts. Very fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that is a very good point. All right. My bold take uh, is that Micah Parsons sneaks his way into the top 10 some, somewhere or the other. Just just based on sure paper, sure talent, sure beast level. Just the, the, the tape don't lie. And I think Micah so, Parsons, Mike Parsons might, might be able to do it. it had you... Told me this six months ago, everyone would have been all like, yeah, dude, come on. Right. Um, some off the field stuff have caused him to drop. I think uh, 50-50 maybe on if he goes top 10 just because there's two teams there in Detroit that really, really like him. Um, I just don't know what they're going to do, right? They desperately need weapons, so we'll see. Um, and they could, if Sewell was there, I think they would consider him as well. And then I think that one of, or that Dallas could, could, maybe consider him but i still think that they're just going to take certain i feel like that's pretty i think i think carolina could consider michael parsons maybe um from what i can tell they really want to get a tackle and they really want to get a corner but they want to trade back if, if someone falls right because they don't yeah, have any that would make sense um so the the thing is with parsons is he's just with the off-field stuff it's just really hard to to kind of throw a dart and figure out exactly where the nfl is going to be comfortable taking him um, but I do think it's possible he goes in the top five. So maybe not 50-50, I'll say like 35, 40%. That I, I do think it's possible. But my guess is the 14 to 19 range is kind of where he's like a lock to go. My, my only, I guess the only way I see it really happening is, like there's, there's always a possibility in a draft that one pick throws everything else off. Yeah, 100%. Someone takes, you know, Kyle Pitts at two instead of zero. yeah right. If the Falcons, the Falcons decide to take JC Horn. Yeah, 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 and now now it's like throw shit out the window. I'm I'm taking him yeah, at seven exactly. Eight. So that that that's how it would have to happen. But I think there is a way. Michael Parsons is straight. Yeah, I for sure. I think Detroit's the team to watch for it too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, your bold pick about, about the or your what third or fourth bold prediction. Um, mm-hmm. this draft. I will Great. say based on order. Give me one. I wasn't even. I was. I was thinking about answering. So I wasn't even thinking about. I'll say that four quarterbacks. I are 
I'm guaranteeing that four quarterbacks will go top 10. Mm. And I'll say that even more so, four quarterbacks will go in the top seven. 100%, I feel. Top I feel seven. Four seven. quarterbacks are going top you seven. You guarantee it's stamped down it now. Right now. All right, even if, go ahead. if Fields goes three, I could see Lance falling further. No? I, honestly, if Fields goes three, I'll, I'll give you another bold take. If Fields goes oh, you three, said Atlanta. If Fields goes yeah. three, four quarterbacks are going top four. All right. So I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll make that one my bold take. If Fields goes three, four quarterbacks go top four. All right. Yeah, That's your bold take. The first time I like first that. On straight facts, Matt Valdivinos said it right here. First four quarterbacks. Matt, if you're right, we got the clip. We got the clip. Got the clip. Got the clip. Right, you best believe I'm going to market the hell out of them. <laughs> best believe they're going on all social media platforms consistently. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Well, that is the time that we got for our draft discussion. We're getting towards the end of the show, so let's move into the countdown, and we'll start here. We got a six today. Let's start with number six. The amount more receiving yards Julian Edelman recorded this past season than Nikhil Harry, despite playing 319 fewer snaps. So a lot went wrong. One. A lot went wrong in New England, and a lot of people said it was Cam Newton's fault. But then here you go, you know, one of his biggest weapons being out for for so much of the season. Um, so that's. And outperforming the next guy up. <laughs> Still, I use that as a Cam Newton defense. I like how. I- yeah. yeah. Hey, listen, I'm all for it. Cam had the worst receiving unit maybe in NFL history last year. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Let's go into number five. The major league, the major batting categories. Ronald Acuna Jr. leads the MLB, and that's hits, home runs, batting average, slugging percentage, and OPS. Yeah. He is on a tear. And some Ridiculous. positive Philadelphia baseball news that the Phillies won on a walk-off. They uh, won. After the walk-off I single. So, I didn't see that. I just saw them blow the lead. But I might change my shot at the buzzer now. I we were going to lose. Sports, being a yeah, Acuna's been a stud. Yeah, being a Phillies fan and being a Bucks fan, Atlanta sports really sit well with me. So... The fact that they got the MVP last year, the only reason it was okay is because it was Freddie Freeman. I don't think that dude has ever harmed a fly in his life. <laughs> Shout out, Freddie. Shout out, Freddie. But if Acuna <laughs> winning the MVP is going to put a little bit different taste in my mouth, I'm not going to, you know what I mean? It's just, he's going to flaunt it. So, but got to give big respect to him. Dude, dude, on absolute tear. He's hitting like 419 or something ridiculous. Right. I mean, my it's time early. Time. Yeah. It's early, but you normally, I mean, they're probably, what, 15, 16 games in? You normally don't see many 400 hitters past, like, 10 games in. No. I and he's think hitting 419. He leads the, home, the leads the majors and homers by, like, four or five at this point. He's already, he already has that much of a gap, like, as well. Yeah. All right, let's go to number four. The number of teams in the European Super League that have never won a, a Champions League slash European Cup. So I've, I, I finally got a little bit of the gist of why everyone's so mad about this European Super League. And I believe Chelsea, Manchester United, and somebody else has already pulled out of it. The Barcelona. Everyone's basically pulled out. All the English mm-hmm. teams have pulled out. All the English teams. So, so now and it's just the, the it's, a, it's, it's, it's over. Right. Well, I'll yeah, talk about happening. it more with my ad the buzzer. Okay, okay, okay. Word, where, where, where. All right, we'll save that then. All right, let's go to number I eight. Hold on. I, at first, I saw. I was like, oh, that's hot. Like, all, all the, the 12 best teams in Europe. Like, that's that's just like the, yeah. your dream final 12 for Champions League, right? I had no idea about, like, the league and political implications that why everyone was so mad about this. But at first, my greedy ass was like, that's tough. I'll watch that. That's just better soccer, right? Yeah, like, no, yeah. I, I understand. I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> All right, we'll save that talk because, Matt, you're going to mention it. So we'll go to number three. Uh, the number of turnovers Chris Paul has had in his last six games, he has 59 assists during that point same God. period. Damn. He's 59 assists. Gosh, damn. Wait, he's averaging 10 and he has three turnovers? Three, turn- three, turn- three total turnovers. Wait, is it 59 to three turnovers? The best, the best 
assist to turnover ratio in NBA history for for a career. Like this is this is this is point guy right here. The man you got on your jersey there, Matt V. He that's he trying to be like my guy. Dude, dude, he trying to be like my guy. God called himself point guy one time, and I was like, John, don't make me not like you, man. (laughs) (laughs) I do love CP. That's facts. I do. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. My God. Yeah, that's ridiculous numbers. Talking about the uh, kind of the opposite of those numbers. We're going into number two here. The, the players in NBA history average five turnovers per game in a single season. James Harden twice, Russell Westbrook once, and now Russell Westbrook is averaging five turnovers a game again this season. Like, yeah, he's averaging triple def- double, but he's also averaging you know five turnovers a game. He's also leading the league in assists per game. To be fair, yeah, exactly. Like it, it's a big usage rate. It's like eleven to five. That's like two to one. Yeah, of those, yeah, of those two seasons of James and two seasons of Russ, I'd love to see the usage present leaders in yeah. NFL history. I'm sure they're four of the top yeah, five. It's ridiculous. What's well, actually crazy, though, if you look at the next highest single season, it's like, or for turnovers, it's like a dude from 1978. So maybe he actually had like the worst season. <laughs> or, or he literally was the only dude on it to probably had a same. Hey, I bet he wasn't averaging a triple-double. I bet you he was not averaging a triple-double. People would be like, before Mike, this guy was the GOAT. But but maybe, but maybe, I would, I would want to know who, like, who it is, because maybe he's just the, the only player yeah, right? who can ball so well. He just got the ball the entire time. It's 78, man. It, it, was, ball it, was, a name I, it was a name I recognize. I'm not going to lie. Maybe his usage is really high. Yeah, maybe he invented usage rate. And we just didn't <laughs> He's like, this is how I'm going to tell yeah. everyone that it's okay. All right, number one. I don't like this one. The number of wins Jake Paul has in boxing against actual fighters. You said I don't care about... Way Matt- I, didn't, didn't, I, he get, didn't he throw him like 500 sacks? Wasn't that a thing? Yeah, bro. You what happened? See, did you see... Ashton it's sad that boxing has gotten to the point shit, where memes are the only thing that make res- that resonate with people. Listen, however people listen, I would I would let Jake Paul punch me in the face for five hundred thousand dollars. I'm so glad you said that, man. You're a real one. Yeah, any right. day out of the week, man. All I gotta right. do I'd, let, my... I'd let almost anyone punch the shit out of me for five hundred thousand dollars. You know what I mean? Ben Ben hasn't fought in how many years? And he right. and he, he right. I didn't even know who this dude was. Well, I didn't ben know Askren. Askren. He went to work for two minutes and got paid five hundred thousand dollars. This is well, this is the story Respect. on this Respect. is the story on Ben Askren. He did fight within the last two years. And he's an MMA professional fighter. Right. But the thing about Ben Askren is he, yeah, he is one of the best college wrestlers of like all time. He doesn't play. He doesn't fight on his feet. He like if you look at his punch to like oh, ground okay. game, the numbers are ridiculous. It's like oh, okay. up in UFC records. He just stays on the ground and wrestles guys. Um, and, and go I, figure of all the NBA players in the world that Jake Paul fought. He fought the third shortest yeah. ever. All right, <laughs> here's the thing. Here's 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 my my hot take on it though. I don't have any problem with it. I actually got respect to it, to what Jake Paul is doing. And Listen, thanks, fans. I'm really like that. It's a hustle. He wants to go. It's a hustle. Until he wants to go That's what to, it is. to actual, like, boxing, like IBO and, and IBL. Yeah, and exactly. Until he steps into there, I got no problem with what he's doing. He's found a way to carve this little lane in social media where I don't even know what he's famous for, bro. Like, I don't even know what they know. He was on Disney Channel. I just found that out. Yeah, oh, yeah. Didn't he get kicked off Disney Channel? Yeah, he got kicked off. I know him and him and other YouTubers had, like, rap battles for a little bit. Yeah, man. Like, like he just made YouTube and and created this little lane where he he fights retired athletes and (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I'm not going to hate a dude. Yak in his his hand. Great. Funny. 
themselves. If I'm Jake Paul, why the hell would I ever leave this? Exactly, team? exactly. If I can make a ton of money doing that for sure. Why does he fight actual fighters? Because I got millions and millions of dollars from Right. Why would I pay to get my ass kicked? Why would I people to beat my ass? You know what I mean? And and dudes and you know, people who he's got a target audience or a target market of who he can book for these fights. Retired athletes who need a bag real quick. Nate Robinson probably needs a bag real quick. You let me punch you. <laughs> right? Exactly, games. exactly. You got a stack. You got 500. Ben Askren not been fighting for a couple, right? He hasn't fought in a while. So 500K he... going into the fight. Ben, you need a bag. And you're you're not too far retired where, like, people are going to know your name. Know people will be like, yeah. Fight. And Jake Paul knows. He's like, okay, people are going to say, oh, this is a fighter. So we're going to be talking no, about Jake Paul now. Jake Paul has a, beaten a fighter. Years. Give it three years. If he's still doing this, he's fighting Conor McGregor. I'll put my house on it. Yeah, this is the Jake issue I have with it. One, I think it was staged. I think they've all been staged. And two, he at the end in the interview, he goes, Oh no, I'm a real boxer. Like I do this. Like I'm an actual boxer, but he's pro wrestling. You just gotta know what it is. If you know that I think he has to fight a boxer next. You know what I mean? He'll get his ass whooped. Even just watching him, he doesn't look like a professional boxer. No, he called out Tyson Fury's half brother who's a pro boxer. Now there's also okay, there's there's also there's also semantics, man. There's also like you know a, a drama and a theater to this, just like pro wrestling. If Jake it's, Paul, it's content. It's content, if, and that's what he does. If Jake Paul knows he's a content creator, that literally, like I already talked to my lawyers, bro. There's no way you could actually fight him, and if you did, it would be like three years from now. Word. So let me tweet tweet at him. They don't know this. <laughs> let me tweet at fight him. Me. Fight me. Put you know, all, all this, and then if I can't make it happen, I can't make it happen. But at least I put the illusion that I want to do it. So that when I go and now fight Woody Harrelson, y'all not mad at you know? I Woody just gotta Harrelson. say, it's just really sad state of the sport of boxing. And it's, it's on a little like, time like, <laughs> imagine, <laughs> imagine if the end of basketball is at a point where, like, the big basketball event was Jake Paul playing Katino Mobley in one-on-one. It's still not the big event, like, though. Fury Wilder was still the big one. Yeah. You got Fury... Joshua coming up. Right. I, mean, I don't think like like for real boxing fans, like I don't think I think boxing has made a comeback still. They don't watch it. Like, they don't watch these. Real boxing fans don't no, watch it. No, but it's what the casuals right. pay attention to. I didn't watch it. Yeah, like, I, I mean I, I I watch it. The clip is gonna go. I heard about it. Yeah, yeah right. Like I saw a clip on Twitter. Like, I'm gonna see it on Twitter whoever gets knocked out. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, thanks. But 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 I think the majority of the sports world, even I'm not a huge boxing fan, but if you know there's a wilder fury fight on, I'm tuned in. If, the Joshua Ruiz fights, I'm tuned in. The Joshua Fury fights, I'm tuned in. Like, I think five, ten years ago, you don't get novice fans like me to even watch the biggest fights. Like, I think it's yeah. still bad. I think this is just something completely different. Like Different. I think it's I, a little this different. Is, this is equivalent to, like, Quavo and Lil Baby 2 Chains and Jack Harlow playing two-on-two before the All-Star game. Like, this is, that's like... In, in a similar way. Yeah, and, and, no and no one's talking about look at look outside, look how where basketball is. No, that's just content. These are content creators, but they do. So like I'm fair with I that. I don't know. After watching a little baby play basketball, I, I was it was terrible. I was asking myself what happened to basketball. Why, why am I watching this? It's terrible. That's probably what a real boxing like you know a, 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 a real boxing fan does if he watches Jake Paul fight Ben Askren. Why am I watching this? Why am I watching? Why, why am I absolutely watching this? All right, yo. So that's all the time we have for this episode of Straight Facts. Almost. We can get some shots about the buzzer as we always do. Matt V, I'm sure you remember this is last time. Always mm-hmm. say at the buzzer. You get a chance to plug yourself, get something off your chest, whatever it is. You get your own 30 second timeout. Just let it rock. Hey, I mean, I'm excited. Draft is up coming up this Thursday. Make sure everyone's tuned in. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be a good time this whole weekend. We better celebrate. Uh, Make sure y'all follow me on Twitter at MV Scouting. Same thing as YouTube. 
Uh, you can even go follow my TikTok if you want to. We pushing content out here. Yes, sir. Um, as always, guys, just want to pre- appreciate all y'all for having me on. It's always a blast to be here. Yes, sir, bro. We all always love having Matt V on, man. And, and, we, and you're going to be back on again and again and again. Again. That's not going to be. You're our, you're our resi- we got our residential statistician, Matt, and we have our residential draft guy. Draft Matt, guy. So. That's what I like. That's what I like to hear. There you go. There you go. Kyle, you got something to say to Buzzer? Not much. Uh, I was just going to talk about the Phillies blowing leads and giving me false hope about their bullpen, but they came back and won. So uh, that's that. Uh, yesterday, though, ain't good, though. That, that was, no, that was yeah. horrible. Look, I, and of course, I watched yesterday's, but we were recording during the day, so I didn't get to watch the good part. Right. But uh, I guess what I will say is I got finals coming up. I know some of our listeners probably have finals coming up. Good luck. I know I'm freaking got the worst schedule ever. I hope your schedules aren't as bad as mine for finals, but good luck. Get through it. Grind it out. Summer's right around the corner. Yeah, damn. I, I'm so happy I'm not dealing with, with any of them type shits anymore. Stat Matt, what you got to say at the buzzer, man? So, about the Super League. So, <laughs> a bunch of the here. teams are about... So, Tottenham's seventh in the league. Arsenal's ninth in the league. Liverpool's sixth in the league. None of them would qualify for the normal Champions League. And this would essentially replace Champions League. Mm-hmm. And there'd only be five total slots because there'd be 15 permanent teams five slots that were filled in which means domestic leagues don't matter except for the title and relegation anymore because the top four don't make the champions league there's only five total slots so wherever the never like the and Bayern Munich decided not to join so like that's and PSG didn't say yes so it, it would have just been a farce of a competition because no one earned their way the thing about the champions league it's the best team from every country you win the Ukrainian league, you're in the freaking Champions League. You got a shot. It's like the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. It would be like if like Duke, UNC, and then like uh, Kansas, Oklahoma, Villanova, Villanova, all, all big time. UCLA, and they said, okay, your guys have your own March Madness, but this is the real tournament, and it just screws over anyone, everyone else. Um, and the one thing I want to talk about that relates to American sports is. The way the soccer fans protested and fought back was so fucking cool. Mm, How they cared so much about their sport, just putting effigies up with their owners. And what we, what American sports fans should take from that is when like someone tries to steal the Sonics away, like they did in 2008, we should use that same power to fight against instant. Because imagine how devastating it would be if your favorite team just moved away. Like, if you're a local sports fan, they moved away. It would be Washington, I mean, Washington's fan base did something pretty similar. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure um, with their ex-GM. Yeah, with their ex-GM. The reason uh, that the, the Vegas Raiders took a, a year longer to move to Vegas because they, they went outside the Coliseum. They got that oh, pushback, no. yeah. <laughs> they want to go with no peace. Yeah, I agree. It's never been like that level with the Champion League, but we, but we have seen it at times. Yeah. But I think that's a great. I think that's a, a great yeah, for sure, one hundred percent. I'm all for giving power to the people. One hundred percent. And and how it was explained to me because at first I didn't get it. Like, I, I, yeah, no, I'm right with you. At first I was like, that's just it's better soccer. Like this is this is the twelve best. These only twelve teams I know. Like I don't I don't know who else <laughs> outside these twelve teams. So I would like for them to just, you know watch them play in a tournament. And then it was described to me as soccer's always been like a gentleman's sport, this free marketplace type sport, right? Like where in Europe, like you said, Matt, if you win the Ukrainian league, you got a chance to go win the whole thing. And that's exactly what it is like, like March Madness as well. It's a really good way of putting it. And that the Super League stripped soccer of this free marketplace type of atmosphere to where it wasn't, you know, the the, the lowest of the low couldn't rise up and win. And I was like, yeah, I, I get it. I get why we're mad about that. So... But that, thank you for tapping me in because I really didn't get it at first. 
Uh, mine at the buzzer is quick. Uh, I, I don't know if you're, you know, Matt B, if you're a big follower of kind of high school and college uh, basketball, but I know me and Kyle, mm-hmm. I don't know if our listeners are either. But if you are, this name will re- you'll, you'll recognize this name. AJ Hogard went to Carroll out here in Philly, transferred to Huntington Prep out there in Cali. And I work at the Rally House in the King of Prussia Mall. And guess whose mom walks in and, and is shopping at Rally House just all casually? AJ Hogard's mom walked in with a Carroll shirt and a Michigan State mask on. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, do you coach at Carroll? She's like, oh, my, my son went to Carroll. And I'm like, Carroll, Michigan State. And I'm like, she's not about to say AJ Hogard. She's like, yeah, I'm, I'm so-and-so Hogard. I'm like, yo, you're AJ Hogard's mom. That's awesome. So, like, I don't know. St- cool, random stuff like that don't happen to me. <laughs> yeah, I used to get Cam Reddish's mom in the BJ's because they live in Norris. Cam Reddish at a party. Point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what happened to me. You know what I mean? The amount of talent that comes out of this this area, I think, is really yeah. Shout out Kyle Pitts. Shout out. Next one up. Yes, sir. Shout out Kyle Pitts. Um, but yeah, no, it was just it was just really cool. I'm sitting there fanboying over AJ Hogar with his mom. <laughs> I used to watch all your sons, you know, games and highlights, talk about when they went to Geico and everything. He didn't get a, a shit ton of time on Michigan State this year. Um, so it was funny to see him. I actually asked his mom, I was like, would everyone transferring? Like just you know, the transfer portal open. Regulations are down. You see people transferring like crazy. For a guy like AJ Hogard to be a top ten recruit out of high school and to barely see time, not even really see time in the tournament, is like, what? Well, why didn't he transfer? She was like, I wanted him to. Like, I was like, <laughs> was like, I, I wanted him to, man. I wanted to see him at Old Miss. That Old Miss was like the the next to Michigan State when he went out. Um, but she was like, I kind of wanted to see him there. And I'm thinking, imagine Deshaun Ruffin and AJ Hogard next year at at Old Miss. That would be uh, a hell of a backcourt, but. Um, not to put speculation out there, but it was it was just cool to, to see as well. That's just what I was fanboying about today. But officially, <laughs> that's all the time we have for this episode of Straight Facts. Man, it was a good one. This is one for the books. Again, shout out our guy, player partner, air to the streets, Matt Valdovinos, um, for, for stepping on. But for my guys, as always, Stat Matt Robinson and Kyle Sirik. I am James Jackson. These have been the facts. Straight up. <laughs>